Welcome to episode 96 of the Barely Educated Podcast. I am Chris Teichler, joined by Mark Jansen, and we've got some big, we got a big game to talk about this weekend, and we'll get to that in a minute. But first of all, Mark, how are you today, this fine Friday? I'm having a great day. Yeah, it's been a good day. I mean, the coverage of Justin Fields this week is completely stupid, as always, but I'm good. How are you? Well, other than that, yeah, I'm doing well too. I've just been floored by the um, <clears throat> a lot of the things been being said by uh, the writers and some of the radio people here in Chicago. Well, here in Chicago, you know what I mean. Yeah, the, the Chicago media. <laughs> um, it's it's just yeah. ridiculous stuff. Can we, do you want to do this now? Talk about this now, or save that? I didn't intend to bring it up this early, but if you want, sure. I mean. Let's start with maybe let's start with the news and that'll okay. sort of transition. Okay. Obviously, the news this week is that the Bears are, for the first time in my lifetime, actually doing the smart thing in terms of long term thinking because Justin Fields has a uh, hip injury. He came in a little bit sore in his hip there. And so we had an MRI on his checks notes hip. <laughs> and so with a hip strain, He's going to miss the game Sunday. Obviously, I'm having some fun with the head coach who looked like he was anything but confident in the fact that his QB was actually injured. But I don't care how they got to the decision. I'm just glad they're being smart because the only way they win this game is if Justin Fields does crazy things. And so that draft pick matters lots more than this stupid game. Yes, it does. And there's a possibility that they can still get the number one pick. I don't think they can get lower than two. Well, as long the, as Nathan Peterman is his usual self, they are picking second at least. Uh, yeah, Nathan Peterman will, is going to ball out and create a QB controversy. He of the three TD, 13 interception career stat line. Yeah, but he looks poised in the pocket and he's not a running back like Fields. Will you shut up, man? Listen. Well, that's it for today, folks. <laughs> I can't take any more. <laughs> no. Oh. So, yeah, they made the right decision. It sure feels like Poles stepped in and said, he's not playing. <laughs> Matt? 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 Well, was he in the fourth quarter? I'm, st- I'm still upset about that, and I'm not any happier after hearing the explanation, which was something like, you know, we still had a chance to get late game reps in, so we wanted to practice that. And I'm like, against who? Yeah. With who? Backups and backups. It's so stupid. But, man, am I glad they got to the right choice for this week. And Sunday, correct me if I'm wrong, after the game, Floos was saying, oh, yeah, Fields will play next week. He's going to yeah. play. And then it was. That's why I think. Yeah. Well, um, he, he showed up with a black guy and a bandage on his head and said, Oh, we're going to evaluate every player individually. That's when you knew, okay, all right, the GM stepped in and told he him did. things. I'll allow Jules from Pulp Fiction. Well, allow me to return. <laughs> you know, the GM did his job. And that's a topic that's going to have to come up in a minute in other ways. But it was that part was like good to see. I mean, a, a part of me wants to just be like, I wish the coach was smart enough that he didn't need his boss to tell him this, but he's coaching McCoacherson and he's not going to be capable of anything, but the ultimate win the day, win the rep, win the, that moment kind of thinking. And this is obviously long-term thinking. You were saying something about best intention. So they got to the right decision. Yes. It sucks that his season ends on a bad note though. Yeah. Cause yeah. that's what the lions game was. It was a bad game. Mm-hmm. 
Um, most of that was the team around him, but he didn't play well either. I think he, if we actually assume there is at least some sort of hip injury, one that frankly I think he'd play through if it mattered. No. Do you think it was why he stunk in the second half? I thought he came up a little gimpy on the big run he did. against Detroit. I, yeah, he did, and he didn't get up right away. He he stayed down on one knee and was like adjusting his sock or something, which yeah, like to just cover from hurt. Yeah, uh huh, yeah. So I don't think they're actually lying, but I think if it mattered, he'd play. Yeah, yeah. and so I'm just glad they're being smart. I wish I wish he had broke the record. I wish he finished on a good note, and they lost 38-31 against Detroit. But ultimately, I'll take getting to the right decision, however we get there. Yeah, I suppose so. Like, but I, I just don't know what he's supposed to do out there. With the, he was pressured pretty much every single play. Yeah, they were terrible, and Aiden Hutchinson was great at taking away the designed runs, yeah. Yeah. and the receivers are bad. I mean, I'm not blaming Justin. I just wish the season ended on a on a higher note. Yeah. But I am more than anything just happy we got to the right call. But there are people blaming him as all. Oh yeah, and especially. Why are so many people hung up on this end of half interception that is completely know. meaningless to the game? It was the goofiest looking play, like I said. They rushed nobody. They had one nobody was running, running hard. They had one guy on the line. The Lions had one defender on the line. It was crazy. He, he dropped back into coverage. The so, Bears' O line looked more confused than usual. <laughs> yeah. But people are like, oh, I don't know. We may need to take a quarterback this draft because Fields threw that interception at the end of the half. Like, that's what I'm hearing. And I'm also hearing people like Hub and Haw and those guys saying that Fields has had, like, four bad games. Are you guys idiots? I think Scratch so. that. I know you're idiots. He played so. great against the best team in the league two weeks ago. Three weeks ago now, I guess. But within that window. And the Bills game was like, eh, whatever. Not, it was just kind of average. He was really good against Philly, and then the Lions one wasn't good. But it's like, if you're going to say it's four games, get the facts right. He was good against Philly, and yeah, the Philly players couldn't shut up about it. It's It's been really frustrating, and thank goodness for Dan Bernstein. On Bernstein's the killing it. Who's just not taking it anymore. Which No, I, it's awesome. He's done being polite to the idiots that he shares the mics with. Yes. By not, which I mean transition. Not calling in interviews, not name. Lawrence. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. yeah sorry, go ahead. Name. Not calling them by name, but definitely by their words and uh, just pointing out the ridiculousness. And like, what do you expect him to do? Like, he's got, he's constantly under pressure. There's seven guys on him, but oh, you still need to complete a pass and lead a drive to win the game. And, uh, and even, even that, like, people criticizing that. He threw a ball into Darnell Mooney's hands to win a game. Uh, was it St. Brown who had the ball ripped out of his hands on a fourth quarter drive? Right? Wasn't that? Uh... Are you talking about the Minnesota game? Yeah, wasn't that St. Brown? No, that was that guy they cut the. Oh, that a was week later. Amir Smith Marset. Mar yeah, so, suck, Chris. Yeah. So, St. Like... Brown missed the one. I think it was. It's it's hilarious because there's so many of these they're easy to mix up. Like that's already a problem. <laughs> now let's see which play was it where the receiver sucked again, Chris? At the end of the game, uh, which game was that? Uh, I think it was the first Detroit game. There was no Miami where he threw it on the run right to him and it went through his hands. Yep, yep. It's I just, mean, they've all got one. <laughs> like every receiver. The whole it's just the straw man argument too of oh, you can't criticize Fields because you know, he's the, the no one is saying that. None of the people. It's, it's a classic straw man, and it drives me crazy. Brad Biggs was awful this week. Like, I don't know a single fan. And look, former student Tim calls us the Fields Fangirl Club. Fine. 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 
Fine. Fine. You know what, Tim? We don't ever finish 520 years running with a Hall of Fame QB who's a creep. Okay? When we have a QB who's even close to good, we should celebrate him. And that's what's maddening about the media's treatment of fields. Yes. He's easily the best QB talent-wise that I've had as a Bears fan. Cutler was really talented too, but he wasn't a leader. He didn't do the things that Justin is doing to galvanize the team, and that stuff matters on some level. So, like, it's Bernsey's point today. He was fantastic, but why are we not celebrating Fields more? I don't get it. I don't get it. And the, the, I don't know if Chicago fans are just so used to being hurt by quarterback potential uh, that they're just going to look for the negative, or if people are just influenced by the, the big names that are out there throwing all these nonsense uh, questions and narratives out there. Like, seriously, I, I, I had a friend of mine text me, oh, that, that interception at uh, halftime at the Lions game, I, that really concerned me. I don't know if Fields is going to be the guy. Oh, no, there was a bad play, Chris. Yeah, like, do, do these people – how many times has Josh Allen thrown bad interceptions this year? Like, most of his interceptions are bad. Just like, what was he thinking? Yeah, because he makes a Superman play three out of four times, and the one time is a bad play yeah. when it's the Superman stuff. But it's different. And you take it because it's worth it. At, but every single one of Fields' mistakes is just magnified, so out of proportion. And the good stuff, well, oh, his good plays are only runs. Like, uh, no, they're not. Did you see the deep ball to Valus Jones, people? I know, there's beautiful. Like, against the Bills, right? Like, there's plenty of good throws. He misses more than I would like right now, especially sure. short. Nice. Uh, I need him to clean up his footwork. I would like him to speed up just a little bit and get in the ball out. But the talent is undeniable. And the potential is through the roof. And he demonstrated that this year, and we should celebrate that. And why is the media so determined to put together straw men taking shots at fans? Even guys that I used to love, like Adam Hogue, his Twitter is pretty eh now. I don't know what happened to him. Like Haw and Biggs, I expected, but even some of the guys that were always like the fan friendly ones that everybody loved are like, oh man, this is concerning. I'm like, are you kidding? They made up an injury or it's a minor injury that maybe affected him in that game, but he would have played if it mattered. And you're acting like the sky is falling. And then you give this fake apology. You're right. We clowned on you. It was a stupid take. Yep. So like, what's with the hostility between the fans and the media? I swear Biggs is just trying to tick people off half the time. You think is it just to generate funny? clicks? <laughs> Is what you think he's that smart though? I, I I just don't know. No, you remember when he uh accidentally sent a picture when oh, he was yes. poolside? Yes. <laughs> we'll keep it that PG uh-huh. for uh-huh. like oh man, that guy. I, I don't know, I've said it before, but a lot of them need to just stick to reporting him. And when they try to analyze things, it gets off the rails in a hurry. I'll stick with the QBs who played at a high level who still love Justin Fields. Even this week's video by Tim Jenkins was more good than bad, in his opinion. Yeah. It wasn't as good as previous weeks, but he's like, there's there's nothing to worry about, basically. It's fine. Hub saying draft a quarterback and then have Fields be like a gimmick player. Did you hear that? I did. Oh my gosh. Like listen, I'm glad Hub's okay. Yes. Absolutely. Hub's football thoughts regarding specifically the modern offense and the modern quarterback position have been hilariously bad for several years. <laughs> Rogers wasn't the MVP because Hub thinks he's a jerk. Yep. You won't find a podcast more happy to clown on the Packers than this one, but he was absolutely the MVP the last two what? years. What? I got that one uh... <laughs> I don't that's just a 
brain dead thought. Those Rogers drops I plug in every once in a while, like this one. I think he's a bum. I mean, that's, that's him talking about Hub. That's, yeah, that's Rogers talking about Hub. That he's a bum. Anyway, yeah, I don't want to. So, like, uh, I just don't listen to Hub on the quarterback position or the modern offense. Uh, th- some of these guys have covered the league so long; it's like they can't get it through their minds. The Trent Dilfer point that the quarterbacks are all playmakers now. Because it, it, it all starts at the lower levels, and the NFL is actually last to catch up. We used to think the NFL is the innovative one. It's the other way around. Yes. And so is. what's Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy winner? Pure pocket passer? Not a chance. He's out there doing his Pat Mahomes impression. And people that I respect on Twitter are like, don't compare Williams to Mahomes. Don't compare Williams to Mahomes. And then they do it like that's the bit, right? Like everyone – he's going number one next year because he reminds people of Pat Mahomes, not because he reminds people of Peyton Manning. Yep. That's right. It's a new, new league. Yeah. Oh, it's been a new league for a few years. And so these old guard guys, I feel like they just can't catch up to that thought. Well, yeah, Fields ended up with what, 11 interceptions on the season? I think so. 17 TDs passing and 11 interceptions with another eight TDs rushing. I'm actually more worried about Fields' fumbles. <laughs> Fair. Like, I mean, and, and all picks aren't equal. Like, some of them are miscommunications. Some right. of them are tipped. Some of them are strictly on the QB. Some are on a wide receiver. Some are long throws downfield on third and long that are basically punts. Some are pick sixes. Like, the, the nuance on that stat is just pitiful. Yeah. And it has been forever. And that's driven me nuts for a long time. So, it it's just, I agree with Bernsey. We should be celebrating him. But nobody is saying, including Bernsey, including Parkins, the best two on the score on fields usually, including us, that he's a finished product. Right. And he's and not- I don't see how Brad Biggs can point out how he's got the worst O-line receiver combo in the league <laughs> and then expect him to do more. Well, the- like, that's just – honestly, that's just disingenuous. It is, and it's implying that someone like Trevor Lawrence or – Yeah, how'd uh, Lawrence look last year versus when they went on a spending spree for this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and you people really, are like, oh, it takes forever to rebuild. Really? Who had the two worst records in the league the last two years? Yeah. And is playing for a division in the third year. It's just it, inconsistent, so. inconsistent and unfair. And I, when you hear people say, oh, well, he's a playmaker, get him the ball. It's It just sounds like you got to have, you know, that, that white pocket prep passer <laughs> if you're going to win. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, mean – I hate to say that. I hate to bring that up, but that's what it reminds me of, especially when you hear, oh, he's a great athlete. He's just not mm-hmm. a proven passer. Like, what are you really saying there, you know? Am I reading too much into that? I mean, I don't think they're being deliberately racist. Yes. But I think they might be inadvertently racial. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Like, I don't think it necessarily comes from a place of hate, but it, I think you could definitely say it comes from a place of possible ignorance, mm-hmm. which that's not much better. Right. Uh, but, I mean – you can catch up to the league, guys, yeah. and and catch up to what people are saying because fans are not saying that Fields is a finished product. We are saying get oh. him help, and he will blossom even even more than he did this year. I have one huge concern, which has historical precedent. He cannot take the kind of beating that he took this year, another year, and yeah. end up good. Yeah, there's you can't find a guy in the league who went through two years of that whose career didn't just fall off a cliff. The human body, no matter how finely tuned, can endure that. They have got to protect him better next year. And fewer called runs. I know they had to to yeah uh, try to be competitive this year, but 
Um, and I and I think they will try to improve the line, but I am just going to say like if it's the same situation where the where he's he's getting hit every couple dropbacks and it's fifty sacks and he's scrambling all the time, it's his career is going to be cut short, and that that's because that's what that does. Just ask David Carr yeah. or RG three. Like it, that part is not sustainable. So they do have to protect him better. No. Uh, that is a legitimate concern, I think. Um, so anyway, a couple other things, though. Some, I mean, I, I think we have to mention it. Maybe we should have led with it. I think everybody's been leading with it. But the Demar Hamlin story. Oh my goodness! Just reminds us all what these guys do. I mean, I know it's kind of a fluke to have that particular issue in football. Hockey, baseball would be more common. Right, the violent collision at just the wrong time to the chest is not a normal football thing. But the way he fell over backwards, I was like, "Whoa!" I remember when I was watching it, I was like, "That doesn't look like a head." And I watched the replay, and I'm like, "He didn't get hit in the head." Mm-hmm. I, I honestly I had no idea what what happened with him falling over backwards being so weird. And then the, then like you're watching it, and you're worried. And then Joe Buck, who by the way did a great job with that That's, whole thing, kudos. the whole ESPN broadcast was incredible for right. any circumstance. And I usually clown all over ESPN. Right. <laughs> But he uh, he said they give him CPR, and I'm like, what? Yeah, never heard. And then, it I, I mean, that was crazy. And just the the way the the fans handled it, the way the Bills and Bengals organizations handled it, Zach Taylor being like, nope, we're going to the locker room. Yep. All, everything that went on from there, the charitable efforts, kudos to a lot of people, the first responders above all, and the people at the UC uh, Medical Center there. And I'm sure everybody's aware of it, but like the big news today is that the tube is out. He's breathing on his own and he was asking if they won yesterday. So it it looks like he's making major progress, but FaceTimed with the team today. Yeah. He FaceTimed the team. So just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And it's a good reminder that these guys put their bodies on the line for our entertainment and the whole thing's kind of silly. Yeah. Are we bad people for liking football? You know, that, sometimes what, I wonder. That's what kept running through my mind Monday night, waiting like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, I I love watching this sport so much, but it is so so violent and dangerous, and and they're so big and fast now. You know, it's like you watch the old clips, and you're like, "That doesn't look any more athletic than me out there." You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and now you look at it and you're like, "Holy cow!" Like Miles Garrett. I mean. <laughs> to be that size and that fast is crazy. Yeah. And, and there's a ton of them like that, yeah. you know, so it, it gets increasingly violent is kind of my point. And the technology for protection for their heads and everything else is supposed to keep up, but it has it, you know, I, I don't think it makes us bad people necessarily, but I think if you blindly defend the NFL and the way that they go about some of these things, right. I would start to question that. Um, Another good feel-good story this week, which I'm going to call Hamlin a feel-good story as of today with the progress that's made, plus the charity, and we hope that he continues to recover, obviously. Um, but the, the the way the Bears and the coach handled Hub Arkish's return. Yeah. Now, I mean, I disagree with Hub all the time, but I'm, I'm very happy that he's out of the woods. And you heard the whole story, right, where the security guard meets him at the door of Hallis Hall and hands him the security pass. And he's like, here, you dropped this. Awesome. Anyone who doesn't know, he had a, a cardiac arrest, obviously a different cause than Hamlin, but a similar idea where he needed CPR on the spot. 
and he had dropped his pass. And so the security guard handing it to him at the door, that's kind of a get you right in the feels moment. Yes. And then I liked, I liked Matt Eberflus leading the press conference by acknowledging Hub is back and that he'd been praying for him and, and these kind of things. Isn't the Bears he- always are good, good little citizens in that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, happy birthday, Virginia McCaskey. 100. The Bears are a classy organization that is no good at football, but they are classy. <laughs> uh, the Bears. They will be soon, my friend. They will not embarrass you off the field to the level of the commanders. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that matters to me, you know, to a point, right? Like, I'm I'm proud of the fact that they welcomed a, a, a huge critic back with open arms, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad so, he's good. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, without further ado, we have a game to preview, right? Yes, we do. Let's get All it. right. So let's get into this week's most important matchup. The Texans at the Colts. That's right. Lovey Smith. Love you. Do your thing. One more favor, Lovey. <laughs> hey, they may fire you. Why don't you, uh, you know, stick it to the man and win this game for us? Yeah, I think they are going to fire him, sadly. I think he's uh, he was it hired just... as a scapegoat. Yeah, we talked about the process with the Bears and how it frustrates that Poles is hired right when Eberflus is, and it doesn't really seem like Poles got to make the hire. Yeah. But, I mean, the Texans were just, like, circling the drain forever. We're like, eh, you, Lovey, no one else wants it. Yeah. Let's promote him. I mean, it doesn't seem like that process was designed to find a good candidate so much as to tank. Right. And Lovey deserves better as far as legacy goes. Um, but anyway, so when the Texans have the ball, mm-hmm. you have the 26th passing offense versus the 20th passing defense. The best matchup when the Texans have the ball is – <laughs> this is this is kind of remarkable. Their league rankings. Okay, I just sorry. Let me just do the league rankings. Okay. This is what I meant to tell you. They're both thirtieth in points at sixteen point one. Wow. <laughs> this was a dreadful game. <laughs> this could be a, a barn bur- a twenty to nineteen barn burner. And and like. Th- the Texans defense with the defensive head coach is 30th overall and dead last against the run. They're worse against the run than the bears are. That's amazing. Wow. That's, that's almost impossible. Then again, can anybody that's not a fan of these two teams name anyone in either defensive line? (laughs) Cause I can't name anyone on the Texans defensive line. The Colts, uh, uh, you've got, well, what's his name in the middle the, defensive tackle they got buckner yeah buckner, that's what I'm thinking. the thing about trying to go through the stats like we often do for the previews is the colts are so bad now yes that it doesn't matter that by most stats they're like a few ahead of the texans because they're so bad the last like five or six weeks mm-hmm. they're on a six game losing streak i believe only the bears have a worse losing streak mm-hmm. they famously gave they basically have fallen apart since they were up 33 to nothing on minnesota <laughs> It's almost like they have a head coach who's not qualified, and everybody knows it, and they've kind of given up. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he won't be back next year, will he? Uh, oh, Ursay is impossible to predict. Any other owner, no. But with Ursay, 10% chance. Because he's uh, just crazy. Who's starting for the Colts? Is it uh, El- El- Ellinger? Engel? Sam Ellinger That's will it. start for the Colts, and yet they're still favored by two and a half. Mm. Where is the game? In Indy. 
Oh. Two dome teams playing each other, so like, who cares on that to a certain degree? You think the fans are going to be fired up for this one? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Two teams which also have a tie. Did they tie each other? Uh, I don't remember who they tied. Yeah, I mean, they're so bad. They've not been really on anyone's radar except for that Thanksgiving game. Or not Thanksgiving, that uh, that Saturday weird 33 nothing lead. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So this uh, is a great Sam Ellinger quote. I told you I did homework so we could preview the game this week. Yeah, no, well, you do this for every week when we preview the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. Um, we're previewing our game. Right. Yeah. I started the this is Sam Ellinger, Colts starting QB for Sunday. I started the game as this I started the year as the number three, went to the two, then the one, then the two, then the three, then the two, and now the one again. <laughs> what sort of meaningless double talk is this? Tell me you don't have a quarterback, Chris Ballard. I started the three, then to two, then to one, then to two, then to three, then the two, now the one again. Direct quote. That's awesome. That's so Chris Ballard. Get a QB. Oh, my gosh. Chris Ballard, genius, right? You mean. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. The, the media just adores for some reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They might be a uh, draft trade partner. Colts. Okay. You, you ready for Lovey's thoughts on the tank? Hit me. I've been asked this question for a few weeks because we're in that role. I understand it. We've been trying to win for a long period of time every game. None of that has changed. That's pretty good. Yeah, thanks. So so Lovey's going to try to win. Someday we got to have Lovey talk to Ryan Pace. Lovey. Oh, goodness. If only those two errors could have collided. And that's a real shame. Ah, boy. So, yeah, uh, I've got the Texans because it's more fun winning on a missed Colts field goal. Oh, okay. I feel like the loser has to have screwed up to lose. Yeah, that usually happens when bad teams play. Yeah. And if the Colts are favored by two and a half and they're at home. That means, yes. Yeah, that's a you know three-point swing usually for the home team. So, uh, I am so Vegas is basically calling it a coin toss. Yes. And I, um, I mean, are the Texans really going to lose, though? Because they need that quarterback. And there's a, a couple there for them. Yeah, yeah. you kind of. I would say both these teams have a ton of incentive to lose. I'm gonna say the Texans win a squeaker, and then the Bears get the first pick. That's why we both are picking the Texans. Let's make sure that's clear. Correct. Okay. Uh, other games in the AFC South. Just kidding. Let's do the Detroit Green Bay game. That's the game. <laughs> that's the big one. The Sunday night game. To Chris, one last chance for you to go crazy about Chris Collinsworth covering Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. How dare you, sir? Did this just now occur to you? you know, yes, it did. Thank you. <laughs> it, I've been so encouraged the last month or two. It seems like the rest of the world is finally realizing, you know, this guy's kind of annoying and not really very good. Rodgers or Collinsworth? Oh, ooh, good question. I was referring to Collinsworth. Yeah, because Rodgers is good, even if he is annoying. And oh, speaking yeah. of Rodgers and the difference that one player can make, the Packers season really turned around once Christian Watson figured out what he was doing, didn't it? And, and, that, and their really, defense played up to its talent. Yes, yeah, especially I think yeah. when their offense started clicking and Rodgers started to look more like Rodgers, and that put more pressure uh, for teams to. Uh, 
uh, would let the Packers run game even, be even more effective. So I, I, it's just interesting to me that one player made such a huge difference for the entire offense. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. You, it's, it's, you get a game, up? you get a guy who can bust a play wide open. Yeah. It, it's a different, it's the coverage dictator. Changes everything. Yes. Remember that term? Matt Bowen might have used it on Boers and Bernstein way back. Somebody said it forever ago, and I know Bernsey's been using it ever since. Ah. So uh, this is a really interesting matchup, assuming that the fighting Dan Campbells are going to be playing hard to play spoiler. The fighting Dan Campbells. You know they are, right? They can't. He can't possibly not. He's Dan That's Campbell. Crazy. And he's oh. awesome. We're going to kick you in the teeth. Right? It, so Jared Goff, don't look it up. Jared Goff has more passing yards than Aaron Rodgers. Care to guess how many more, roughly? Uh, let's see. How about 400? 400 more yards. More like 800 more yards. Whoa! Listen to these numbers. They're picking a QB. Jared Goff has 4,000 yards, 29 TDs, and seven interceptions. Why are they picking a QB again when the defense still needs a lot of love? I don't think they will be. I mean, I know we all are like, oh, he's a bridge QB. Yeah, but he's fitting the system really well. And, like, hard to quibble with that as just a bridge. That's a darn good year. That would be the best year a Bears QB's ever had. It's going to be. By a mile. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be really hard to uh, – they have, what, the fourth pick? There's a good chance Will Anderson is still there at number four. You know? Can you yeah, I think he probably goes three, but it's possible. Maybe. I don't know. Quarterbacks always tend to – Right now, you guys. Yep, you never know. You could have three QBs go. Somebody could pick Carter over Anderson. On that note, I want Anderson. I'm officially Anderson. Yeah, me too. Because because Carter's good, but I worry about the snap count, and they they have him off the field a lot. And I'm like, what do they know? Like, is there is there a conditioning thing? Is there a? I mean, he blows up games like crazy when he's in there, but so does Anderson, and Anderson's in there every down. And pass rushers are still harder to find on the free agent market than tackles. So I'm still sign a tackle, draft Anderson, if you're not trading the pick. Yeah. Anyway, more on that basically every other episode. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The next eight episodes will be So (laughs) Rodgers is at 3,490 yards, 25 TDs, 11 in. Now, I don't care about passing yards when you have a scrambling quarterback like Fields. You have to do total yards. But for these two, and that's really interesting, like quick snapshot at just how good the Lions offense has been this year. Did you say how that? good Goff has been. And he's that? got Amon Ross St. Brown, 100 catches, six touchdowns, 1,100 yards. I mean, that guy is good. He missed a few games and still hit 100. We Lions are the scary team moving forward in this division. Yes, they are. I know that sounds absurd, but I'm just telling you, they got the young talent the other teams don't have. Fourth overall offense for the Lions versus what is the 18th offense for Green Bay. But where it gets interesting is Green Bay still has the best pass defense in the league. Mm. And they're finally playing up to their talent on defense. Meanwhile, you know everybody knows the Lions give up a ton of yards. And Green Bay's offense is middle of the pack. This is a really interesting matchup, though, because the Lions... Did beat the Packers previously. They are going to come in with some confidence after stomping the Bears. Hey, can I just get a thanks from all the teams that we turned the season around for? <laughs> I feel like we were the get right game for like everybody that we played. Except for maybe Atlanta. They still stunk. Yeah. Oh, so no. Washington trailed off at the end. But, yeah. but they, they turned it around for a while and then stupidly went back to Carson Wentz for no reason. 
<laughs> Rivera didn't know they were playing for the playoffs. That's like what? What? Say, say, uh, he's gonna get fired, right? For that, oh my goodness, I don't know. Put put him on the list of of coaches axed on the list of teams looking for a coach that you didn't necessarily think would be, mm-hmm. but probably are. You know, there's always more than we think. Mm-hmm. So who you got? Lions, Packers. Oh, it's in Green Bay, right? Yeah. <sighs> It, it just feels like Green Bay's gonna win, you know. It just does. You know that the, it's this. It's the story that Collinsworth can't wait to tell about Rodgers dragging the team into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole fourth quarter will be insufferable, and you're like, it's the last regular season game. I have to gut it out. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm gonna go Packers 27, Lions 24. That's yeah, I think that sounds about right. Packers. I, I mean, I think the defense is playing good enough that even if you weren't going to do the whole stupid Rodgers narrative, which like, if you just really want to just be more analytical about it, they're really good against the thing the lions want to do. So, and they're at home and they technically do have more reason to play. Plus I need to set up the Niners bounce the Packers from the playoffs thing again. (laughs) Yeah. So that, that gets it done. It's a tradition like Christmas. It comes around once a year, you know what to expect. And it's still a lot of fun and glorious when it happens. They have a worse draft pick just to get bounced by the Niners defense, who's yep. going to totally shut them down. That's fun. Help me, George Kittle. You're my only hope. He will. He loves the Bears. Uh, the Bears. Hey, speaking of the Niners, I had this analogy I forgot to mention when we were doing the Fields thing. People who are like, you know, you should maybe draft a QB. I, I think that the poll's job is to do homework on all the QBs. I agree with Bernsey that it's his job to make it look like he's interested in all the QBs yes, too. Yes, uh-huh. yep. And I'm going to try to convince myself that's all that's happening whenever he does this. But the idea that the Bears should draft a QB because they need to put their current QB in a different position or use him like Taysom Hill. How's that working out for the Trey Lance Niners? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know he's hurt, but like, the, no two QB thing is crazy. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Poles is not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Now that part's not going to happen. Whether he ends up falling in love with Bryce Young and picks him is maybe a different story. But more on that as the offseason unfolds. I don't think it's realistic, but I do think he needs to make it look like he's interested in the QBs. Yeah. Just to drive up the value for the trade. I, you know, one thing I was thinking about is a couple of years ago, oh, Justin Fields is going to be bad because Ohio State quarterbacks are bad. And now all of a sudden this year, it's, man, C.J. Stroud, man, he looks legit. He's going to be – he's better than Fields. Like, what, what, what just happened over the last year and a half or so? It's crazy. They're not in competition with each other either. Right. That's like saying, well, you know, you don't want to draft Joey Bosa, but <laughs> now you could, you can draft Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, they're both NFL caliber caliber players. Right. It doesn't matter. The Ohio State QB thing is irrelevant. I think Stroud is going to be better than uh, Young personally. Well, he's got that build. But I, Young I, is so good with the quick release. If you can is, keep him healthy – He's, That's why the Bears shouldn't pick him. They have no business picking a guy who's 50 pounds lighter than Fields and dumping him behind this offensive line. He's 5'11 in shoes, too, you know? like he, Smaller guys don't usually have success in the NFL as quarterbacks. I mean, I know there's what, what about Drew but... Brees? What about Russell Wilson? Those guys are the exception, you know? Most guys that size aren't going to even get to the NFL. And look, it 
don't use Drew Brees, guys. How did Drew Brees' career play out, right? Injured, new yeah. team, terrific offensive line, legendary Hall of Famer. So if you're drafting Bryce Young and your Drew Brees is the comp, I guess you're going to get him hurt and give up on him in five years. Because <laughs> yeah. Bryce Young will succeed the second he has protection. He'll be really good. No protection, no chance. Yep. Which means no, no bears. <laughs> no, 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 no. Even but if they yeah. sign a couple guys, you got to figure the line has to gel and all that stuff. Yeah. So, all right. Well, my Zoom tells me we're running out of time. We should probably. Run. All right. Well, enjoy Texans, Colts, and the Red That's Zone right. channel, everyone. Come on, we will be back Sunday for a uh, Texans post game. <laughs> Season recap. I think we won't do Sunday. Let's do a season recap sometime during the week, maybe. That's or awesome. maybe Sunday. But whatever. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And uh, you know where to find us. At Barely underscore Educated on Twitter. That's the main one. Check out our page on Buy Me a Coffee. Get yourself a t-shirt by joining the honor roll. Freedom. And we will see you in a few days. Have you lost your mind? You were finished. Do you watch football? Please, continue. Justin Fields! I f***ing love the Bears.